verse 12. I am not a doctor. I'm only giving a little advice. That's all. Exodus 33, verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us from, up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from the people who are upon the face of the earth. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. The, the verse, verse 16 is what I want you to look at. He says that how then will it be known that you, your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us? How then will anyone know that you have found favor with God except the presence of God is with you? Am I making sense to somebody? It says that, so we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are on the face of the earth. What he's saying is that what marks you out, what separates you, what would distinguish you as a Christian, as a believer, is the presence of God. When the presence of God is with you, it is the uh, unseen force that makes people take note of you. I don't know whether you understand what I, what I meant by that. Is that. I don't know, but there is something about this person that is different from everybody else. How many have heard some, somebody say something like that? I don't, know, I don't know what it is, but there is something about you that is peculiar. There is something about you that I can't put my finger on it, but it makes you a different person. Hallelujah. This year, what would distinguish us from anybody else? What would be the secret of your survival, the secret of your success is the presence of God. So we have to learn how to practice the presence of God. Amen. Your victory and unusual exploits is hidden in your secret relationship with God. Amen. What makes a woman, a lady, who is just a common person, a common, a commoner, marry into the royal family, and all of a sudden they have a certain title, and all of a sudden they receive a certain type of security detail, and all of a sudden they come into a certain type of power and wealth. Is it the name? Is it the, the cars? 
Is it the security detail that makes the woman powerful? What is it? It is the relationship that the woman has with the royal prince or king or whoever he is. It is that relationship that makes the woman powerful. If you if the woman it gets into the woman's head that she's so powerful that she doesn't need anybody that all the men in the town or in the country are beneath her and she starts to misbehave and lose that relationship that she has with the prince or the king guess what is going to happen she will be back to nothing i don't know how old you are or how how long you've been around this particular country but there was a lady called Lady Ferguson. She was married to one of the queen's, queen's sons. And she was very powerful. She was very uh, popular with the media everywhere she passed. Uh, security, uh, all these paparazzis followed her. And at a point, it got into her head. She became more powerful than the daughter of the queen. She was one of the, they used to call her the most favorite royalty. But she was the most controversial of them. And at the point, she did not take care of the connection that she had with the royalty. So she divorced the husband. And guess what? Most of us in this room don't know her name. Most of us, how many know about her? See, only two or three. Some of you are going to Google to see. Is that Valerie? Oh, no, she looks like Valerie. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The, the, the connection that made her powerful, she did not take care of. So she lost that connection. Today she's nobody. No, nobody really knows much about her. I don't even know where, which part of the world she lives, whether she lives in this country or she's in America. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? It is because, and see, all of us are like that. The Bible calls us a royal priesthood. A chosen generation. Royal priesthood. A peculiar nation. We have been called by God to show forth God's glory. Am I making sense? That is what we are. But that thing shouldn't get into our heads. What makes us a chosen generation, what makes us a royal priesthood, what makes us peculiar people is the relationship we have with our God. When that relationship is taken away, we are nothing, we are nobody. Hallelujah. There was a prophet, very powerful prophet, very, very powerful man of God. Anything he said came to pass. If God wanted to use any person in his day to do anything, God will consult him. So one day, God sent him out 
that go and preach to a certain nation. Tell the nation that I'm about to destroy it so they should change their ways. This prophet says, God, I don't think, you know, when you become very puffed up and very proud, you begin to overstep your boundaries. And you begin to, to say things and do things that you have no business doing. Hallelujah. So this prophet decided that he will have an argument with God. And after that argument, he still insisted on what he wanted to do. And he did it. Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1. Verse 1 says that, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come before me. But Jonah arose and fled, or arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. And so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. What he did not realize is that the secret to his power was the presence of God. And when that secret is taken away, he becomes a target for Satan. So he goes out of the presence of God. Remember last week I was saying to you that Cain said that now that you are driving me from the, your presence, I'll become like a vagabond. I'll become a target that anybody who sees me will kill me. Because I don't have any protection. I pray for you, I pray for me, that we will keep the protection that we have. That we will keep our, the presence of God. Because that is our security. That is our safety. Without the presence of God, we are nothing. Am I talking to somebody? Without the presence of God, you know, sometimes we can be so busy. Prayer is the last thing we do. We can be so busy, we don't spend time with God. We are, can be so busy, we don't have time even to come to the house of God. We are so busy and so important that we want the, the God to come to us, not we go to God. I pray that it will not be your story. Oh, I say, I pray that it will not be your story. Let us, let not the, the blessings that God has given us be the same thing that ensnares us to take us away from the presence of God into a bad place. Am I talking to somebody? Now, Moses, Moses was somebody who had seen the hand of God. There were ten plagues that he had witnessed. From the time his stick turned into a snake and swallowed all the snakes that Pharaoh's magicians did. And the stick did not gain weight. Moses knew something about God. Moses saw the Red Sea path. And the children of Israel walked through dry land. And the Pharaoh and his army attempting to do the same thing. They were overthrown by the waves. Hallelujah. So, 
Moses knew something that maybe you and I don't know very much about. Moses knew the hand of God. He knew the, see, the people knew the acts of God. But Moses knew the ways of God. He knew God. And so, when it came to the time for him to depart, to go to the promised land, he said, oh God, if your presence will not go with us, do not send us away from this place. Because if your presence, you see, remember when they were in the wilderness, the Bible says that the presence of God was like a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Everywhere they went. And that was what gave them security. Now that God is saying to them, go to the promised land. He says, no, let that presence still stay with us. Otherwise, we are not ready to go. I pray for you that this year you have the same attitude. That wherever I'm going, let the presence of God go before me. Let the presence of God be with me. Otherwise, don't send me away from here. I need your presence. Hallelujah. You are going to your job. I need the presence of God. You are going, you are traveling. Let your presence go with me. Because that is what will separate you from any other person. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? I mean, after all the signs and wonders that Moses had seen, if it were, some of us would have asked God, give us more signs. Give us more powers. But he said, no, I don't need powers. I don't need signs. I don't need any more miracles. What I need is your presence. Hallelujah. See, most of us as Christians, we are too engrossed in miraculous things. That's how can people can easily deceive us. We like powerful looking and sounding things. So when somebody is talking very powerfully and he's talking very fast and he's like hooping and howling and everything, we believe that this man of God is very powerful. <laughs> do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Because he's shouting and he's jumping and he looks excited and he's preaching but the girl, shut up! <laughs> and say, hey, this man is powerful. No, he's saying nothing. Hallelujah. And so we begin to, to believe in people and in things. If somebody comes, uh, sister, before you came, when you were crossing the road, there was a red car that stopped for you to cross. And the man waved at you. How did he know? He's a man of God. So people have come up with different gimmicks because people feel that we, the presence of God is in things like that. But the presence of God is beyond all these type of gimmicks and all these type of things. See, the presence of God, when it is around, you will feel it if you know God. 
what I'm trying to get us to become is to become people who are sensitive to the presence of God. So that when the presence of God is he, with you, you know. When God is speaking to you, you know. And it only comes when you have a relationship with him. Yeah. Hallelujah. So I'm taking my time because I'm trying to develop us into becoming people that are strong in the presence of God. Like Moses, we want to get to a place where we say that if you don't send us with your presence, don't send us at all. Hallelujah. So I will take my time and teach you the steps into the presence of God. Now, let me tell you something. Can I shock you? Can I shock you? Psalm 91. Let's go to Psalm 91. I want to shock you, but I don't know whether... Yeah. Ezra, how are you? Psalm 91. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Verse 2. I will say of the Lord that he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom will I trust. Verse 3. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wing you shall take refuge and his truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. You shall nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness nor the destruction that lays in the lays waste at noonday. Okay, you stop here. All these blessings that he's talking about, that your protection, go back to verse 2. Verse 2. He is my refuge and my fortress. It means God will be your protection. Verse 3. He will deliver me from any trap. It means he's going to be your rescuer. Verse 4. He will cover you with his truth and shield you from every plan of the devil. Verse 4, verse 5. And he would make sure that you are not weak. Because fear is the weakness of a believer. Because fear is the absence of faith. And what becomes our, in 1 John 5, 4, it says that anyone that is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So the strength of a Christian, of a believer, is his faith. And the opposite of faith is what? Fear. And he's saying that I will make sure that you are not afraid because I'll be with you. But all these blessings, and it goes on and on and on and on until the, the end of the, of the chapter, talking about the various blessings. But the premise of all these blessings that I need for you to understand is verse 1. Look at verse 1. He says that he who dwells. The word dwells means what? The word dwells means what? To dwell means what? You have an address there. It's your residence. So when I want to look for you, where do I go? 
the way you dwell, your dwelling place. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It is a he that visits. It is a he that passes through occasionally. It is a he that, you know, frequents the place. He that on Sunday, Sundays comes to the presence of God. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that he that dwells. To dwell means to live. To dwell means to make it your abode. To dwell means to have your address there. If we want to reach you, we know where to find you. Do you know that when the police want to find anybody, early in the morning, they go to where they dwell. When you are running, they won't mind you. During the day, they know you are running around, they won't, find, they won't mind you. But in the at dawn, around 3.30 a.m., 4.30 a.m., 90% of the people go to their dwelling place. So the police, all they need is to find your dwelling place. And when they find your dwelling place, they will come for you. Now, I want to ask you this question. If they come for you, where will the dwell, your dwelling place be? Is it in the presence of God or elsewhere? Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? He that dwells. The secret of our success in 2022 is he that dwells. He that makes his home the presence of the Lord. Amen. Having the presence of God with us is worth more than riches. It's worth more than fame. It's worth more than anything. Hallelujah. If this lady Ferguson had known that her misbehavior with her husband would cost her to lose power and money, she probably would not have done that. At a point, the husband will be in this country, she's in the, the other country. The husband will be in this continent, she'll be in that continent. She was, she was more known than the husband. For those of you who don't know much about her, when you go, you can Google her. And there's a parallel story in the Bible. A lady by the name Vashti. She was the queen. Vashti thought that she was as powerful as her husband. What she did not know was that her power emanated from her relationship to her husband. Sometimes as Christians, we can become so engrossed in the favor that we have gotten from God so far. We are engrossed in all the, the testimonies we've had that we become like Vashti. Sometimes we begin to think that our power is what is giving us what the things we have without realizing that our marriage to Christ is the secret to our power. The king says he's made a banquet, a party. The queen says that I'm also making a party. 
No problem. The king says that bring the best food and the best wine to serve my, my guests. All the uh, princes of the, from the, all the provinces have come gathered. The queen too says that bring the best food and the best wine for my guests. No problem. Then the king makes a mistake. And he says that after they had eaten and drank, the king says that bring, ask my beautiful wife to come. So that everybody will see how beautiful my wife is. Then Vashti says that, is this guy thinking right at all? Doesn't he know that I also have guests? I'm also having a party. I'm also hosting the the wives of all the, uh, what do you call it? We are doing a women's convention. So I cannot come. The women's convention is more important than this, your things. So the king says, okay, no problem. For this embarrassment that you have caused me, I think my people were saying it, but I didn't believe it. But it looks like now you feel that you are the same. That's me. Okay. I will show you that I can, I made you. I can take somebody else who is nothing and make them just like you and make you nothing. So the king says that Vashti shall never come to my presence again. When I invited her, she said she won't come. So from today, let nobody bring her to my presence. Anybody who brings her will lose his head, and Vashti will also lose her head. Now, make a, a beauty contest and choose for me the most beautiful woman in the, where we are, province. And so they make a, a, a banquet, and Esther, who is a slave girl, is chosen. Hallelujah. And when Esther saw what had been done to Vashti, Esther said, hey, me, I know where power lies. So when the uncle Mordecai said, I go to the king's presence, I said, hey, we don't go by heart. If he hasn't called you, you don't go. Otherwise, you lose your head. Look at what happened to Vashti. I don't want to be the next Vashti. What I'm trying to say to you is that never lose the secret source of your strength. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Never lose the secret source of your strength. Amen. Psalm 40. Now, we are going to look at how to get into the presence of God. How? Psalm 40 says that, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. You see, to have the presence of God, you must have an ingredient called patience. I I wanted to say something, then I looked at you and I didn't say it. Because I I don't want to confuse you. And what I wanted to say 
was that. The fact that you are praying doesn't mean you are in the presence of God. Because prayer is not necessarily the presence of God. I don't know whether you can, you can appreciate what I'm saying. Because most of the time when we are praying, we pray from our flesh. Do you understand? And where the presence of the Lord is, the flesh doesn't go. See, most of the time, we can spend like three hours, four hours, five hours, 17 hours. Lord, give me. Lord, give me. It's your flesh, 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 flesh. Your, your flesh. The presence of God is not there. The presence of God needs a vehicle. And the vehicle is called patience. Hallelujah. I waited patiently. In, in Isaiah 40, it says, 40, 31, they that wait upon the Lord shall what? They that wait. They that wait. Do you know who a waiter is? How many have, have seen a waiter before? A waiter is not in a hurry. A waiter, as his name suggests, is waiting. They, 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 they stay and then it's like, oh, uh, this is the menu. Can you order? Then it's okay. I'm not ready. Then the waiter waits. After five minutes, they will come to you. Are you ready to order? They say, I don't, can't choose between the Cajun chicken from the uh, Sancocho soup. So, it's okay, take your time. Then they go and do something else. Then after 10 minutes, they come back again and they say, are you ready to order? Then they say, okay, I, I have a list between what is the house special? Uh, so the house special is uh, grilled fish with uh, this and that and that. Okay, what is the ingredient that is in it? Well, then you, they, they are not in a hurry. And they are not angry. A good restaurant have trained their waiters to learn how to do what? Wait. And when the Bible says that I waited patiently, it means what? I have no time. <clears throat> Don't go. I'm go I'm, Lord, I am praying for five minutes. I'm praying 30 minutes. If you are going to say anything, say it now. Otherwise, hold your peace. You are not waiting patiently. You can't get into the presence of God. Hallelujah. This fasting time, as we enter into this fasting time, we must remember that we are waiters. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. Remember the story of um, Elijah. Elijah went 
to the presence of God, to hear from God. And the Lord said to Elijah, just go and stand there and wait. I will come. So he was there. Then fire came. See, if you are a waiter, you can discern between the real and the counterfeit. See, the Lord is not in the fire. Then the earthquake came. Sounds like thunder and lightning and everything. It must sound like God. No. I'm not in a hurry. I'm waiting. Then that one also came to pass. The wind came. He was not in the wind. The Bible says that. Then a still small voice came. And the Bible says that, and Elijah rose up and covered his face with his mantle and went towards the mount to the presence of God. That only came because he knew how to wait. See, the presence of God is not time related. In fact, time is an enemy to waiting See, when I was a young Christian, Christian some time ago, say we say we are going, we are going waiting, we are going on waiting. What it means that is that we are going on a retreat to go and lie somewhere until the Lord speaks. See, you will see that I'm going to show you seven categories that happens when you are waiting but that's later on maybe later on the year i'm going to take my time i want us by the time we finish this subject you understand what it means to wait what what the presence of god means and you understand what made david a peculiar person in spite of all his mistakes hallelujah i have a few minutes to go isn't it but I want to give you a general, a general uh, steps into getting to the presence of God. Number one, seek the Lord. I gave you that last week, isn't it? Learn to seek after God. Amen. Seek after God. Bakesh. Hallelujah. Go to the Lord. Seek after the Lord. Number two, don't joke with your quiet time. Quiet time is not necessarily the presence of God, but quiet time is a practice that takes you to the presence of God. Do you understand that? Hello? Don't joke with your quiet time. Quiet time is only a practice. That takes you to the presence of God. It is not the presence of God. But anybody who knows how to set aside time every day, every uh, day to wait on God or to spend in with God will be easier for the person to learn how to wait and learn how to enter the presence of God. 
Oh, I, I, I messed up. Let's go back. Let's finish the Psalm 40. Then I'll come back to this. Is that okay? Just so that I give you a good... Go back to Psalm 40. Now we are on verse 2. Quickly. Then I'll come back to it. Remind me. Okay, so I waited patiently for the Lord. He heard my cry. He also brought me out of the horrible pits. Out of the mire, mire clay. And set my feet upon the rock to stay. And establish my steps. Read on. He put a new song in my mouth. And praise to my praise to our God. Many will see it and fear. And will trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Okay? Many, O oh Lord, my God, are the wondrous works which have done, which you have done, and your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak them, they are more than can be numbered. Hallelujah. All these things, I will explain them, not today. I, I just read them. I'll come back to it. Sacrificing and offering you did not desire. My ears you have not opened. You, sorry, my ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. You will never hear God if you are not in his presence. Your ears will never be open to a certain voice if you are not in his presence. Hallelujah. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. He didn't say that I, I don't need offerings. I don't need burnt offerings. I don't need a lot of to get into the presence. Those are burnt offerings. Those are Power things. When you are trying to use your raw self and your flesh to enter into the presence of God, you get frustrated and you never get there. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, let's, let me finish this quickly. I have only five minutes. So I want to list this once because... So number, number two is don't joke with your quiet time, isn't it? Don't worry, I'll come back to Psalm 40 and explain what it means to you. Your quiet time is the time you spend with God. Reading your Bible and praying. And usually it is better to be done first thing in the morning. You know, some people are not good with mornings. They are good in the night. If that's the, the thing, at least have a time. If it's 30 minutes, it's one hour. Spend some time in the presence of God, whatever it is in the day, to hear and speak to God. Amen. Number three, do not neglect fellowship. Don't neglect fellowship. In Hebrews 10, 25, and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And so much the more when you see the evil day approaching. Hallelujah. Learn to be in the house of the Lord. 
every time. David said that, said that I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't it? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to be a king outside. Because he knew that practicing being in the house of God helps you to break into the secret place of the Most High. Hallelujah. See, as I'm talking now, you are beginning to think about the secret place, the presence of God. Because you are in the house of God. So at least your mind is being drawn towards it. So now you are beginning to think in a certain way. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? If you are not in the presence of God, you are not in the house of God, you will not maybe have that consciousness. So all these, these points we are looking at, they are not points that makes you get into the presence of God, but it takes you, it moves you from where you are towards the place. Amen. Number, number four, always hunger and test for God. Have a certain hunger. Live clean and live a clean and a yielded life. Always remember that God is very present with you. Live a clean and a perfect life. Type of do, do you know that when someone is watching you, you behave differently? Yes. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? When somebody is watching you, you behave differently. When your manager is by you, your behavior changes. How many understand what I'm saying? And you see, have that consciousness that your manager is with you. Hebrews 4.13. Quickly. Hebrews 4.13. Have a mind that your manager is by you and is watching you. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. There is no creature that is hidden. There is no one whose life is not being played on the screen to him. He sees where no man sees. Who are you when no one is watching? I have a message I preach. Who are you when no one is watching? When the doors are closed and the stage lights come off, who are you? The person you are is the real you. And the scripture we have just read says that the real you he knows. Maybe you didn't know before that he sees where no man sees. But today I'm telling that God sees where no man sees. When, they, when you are in your bedroom and the door is closed and no one can see you, God sees you. And so you must have this consciousness that God sees me. So live as if God is seeing you. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Live as if God is seeing you. Because he's seeing you. 
So have that test. That hunger. To impress him. In Matthew 5. Verse 1. It says that blessed are those. It gives a lot of blessings. Verse 6 says that blessed are those. Who hunger and test after righteousness. For they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful. For they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. Somebody say pure in heart. You can never ever have a certain presence if your heart is not pure. So when I say hunger and test after God, I'm talking about have a pure heart. You know, one thing I, I realize, we as Christians, what we call righteousness and holiness Quite frankly, when you look in the Bible, it's not what... Because if David is a man after God's heart, and for you and I in this room, if we were to judge David, probably he will go to hell. How many would agree with me? If you were the judge of David, would he go to heaven? You take somebody's wife. You kill the husband. And it was not the first wife he took. It was not the first somebody's wife he took. Abigail was somebody's wife. Was Naboth's wife. And you see, he took Abigail before Naboth died. You didn't know that. Read the Bible. So this guy is a very bad boy. <laughs> How many agree with me? David is a very bad boy. But one thing that you see in David, his heart was always pure. He always wanted his heart to clean. He never wanted to have any grudge with anybody. You know, about six times, if I were David, I would have killed Joab. His army general. So many times, his army general did so many things, wrong things. Now, if I were David, I would have killed him. Let him go. I don't want to have any problem with him. I told his son, don't let this gray hair go to the grave. You know what to do. <laughs> Me and my heart is clean. <laughs> I, I had the opportunity to kill the, the king who has been throwing javelins at me. Opportunity has come like this. When I kill him, this is cool chop. Nobody will know. We are in the cave. And the king's pants are down. <laughs> you, you, you see, I keep telling me I read the Bible in pictures. So I see some things that people don't see. The king's pants were down. And he was doing his best. His army 
commanders couldn't be by him as he was doing his best there. You don't like the information. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Kill the visual lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number five, follow a consistent prayer program. Apart from your quiet time, have your own prayer time. Discipline yourself. This year, have a consistent pray- prayer time. Time you spend in prayer. Amen. See, one of the things that we Christians don't do very well with is discipline. And if you don't do a lot of discipline, you cannot be spiritual. Hello? If you are not a disciplined person, you cannot be a spiritual person. Fasting is an exercise of discipline. Hello? Fasting is just teaching your body and telling your body who is in charge. Because man is essentially a spirit. He lives in a body and he has a soul. So it's a spirit, soul, and a body. Now, the body is on the right, the uh, spirit, the soul is on the left, if you like. The spirit of God is on the left. Then the man is in the middle. So, the one who pulls is the one who has strength. So, if you allow your flesh to always pull, your flesh wants food, your flesh gets food. Your flesh wants sleep, your flesh gets sleep. Your flesh wants a drink, your flesh gets a drink. Your flesh wants to fight, then you fight. Your, Your flesh wants to gossip, you gossip. Your flesh wants sex, you give it. Whatever your flesh wants, you give it. It means the flesh becomes strong and in charge. So it doesn't matter how, how much of God you have inside of you. If you allow your flesh, your flesh is an enemy to the spirit of God. And your flesh will always drag you where your flesh wants. And the flesh wants the opposite of what God wants. The spirit also wants the opposite of what the flesh wants. So when you learn to fast, you are teaching your spirit inside of you to obey the spirit of God and not the flesh. That is how come when you are fasting, that is when you smell some food that you don't normally even like. How many know what I'm talking about? That is when you try to sleep and you can't go to sleep. Because all the fleshy things inside of you is crying and is rebelling. It's trying to force you to do what it likes. But when you are able to do that and keep your body under, then you are becoming somebody who becomes a candidate to the, for the presence of God. Because you have learned how to put and suppress 
and discipline that body. Amen. See, footballers, sports people will tell you the same thing. That if you want to be a great sports person, you have to learn how to discipline the body. When the body wants to sleep, you say, no, we are going jogging. When the body wants says, I'm tired, you say, no, one more round. When the body says, I won't do it again, you say, no, we are going. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So this year, when your body wants to sleep and it's Sunday, get that body, get that sack of bones out of the house. It's too cold. Have to pray. So don't switch 5:30 a.m. You switch your computer on to say I'm joining Zoom. Then you put your, your voice off, you put your camera off, and you go back to sleep. This this 21 days we are about to do. I will insist that everyone who joins, I am going to mark the register. Everyone who joins, I want to hear your voice. And I'll be calling your name to talk to you randomly. I don't want to see your face, but I want to hear your voice. Because like any good uh, boot camp leader, I have to teach you and learn give you the, 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 the resources to teach you how to discipline this body. Uh, uh, Pastor, last year we did 6 to 7. Why have you got taken it to uh, 5.30? It is going to 4. You wait. By the time we reach, we are going to 4 a.m. <laughs> if I were you, I enjoyed this one. <laughs> We are going to start 4 a.m. It's not for the ministers. It's for all of us. No, you don't, re- you don't redefine the rules. I am the one who's setting the rules. And I say it's for everybody. Hallelujah. I need to... Help you, you know, sir, Pastor. I can only fast to 12 p.m. I can only fast. To, uh, stop that childishness. We are all fasting, unless it's medical. If it's not medical, then you're being a child. There's no medical anything anyway. Listen, I've been doing this job for a very long time. I've been doing this job for a long I know all the excuses in the book. <laughs> I've seen people bring doctors report. Pastor, you see, the doctor says I shouldn't fast. Stop that nonsense. We are fasting. Listen, when you fast, a lot of sicknesses will go out. On, on, on Wednesday, next week, Wednesday, I'll teach you the benefit of fasting. Those of us who will come, I'll teach you the benefit of fasting. That's what we are going to talk about next Wednesday. Amen. So that it will help us and ginger us into fasting and prayer. It's a spiritual exercise. Listen, Satan is setting up some traps for you in this year. You haven't seen it. But there's a, there's a mark that has been put on you. Some of us, we are living under a time-sensitive case. When you reach a certain birthday, some sickness will hit you. 
you are not aware that as you are praying, you are dismantling those things that have been set in motion. There were some of them, they were set before you were born. Hallelujah. So when you learn to fast and pray, you are breaking all those things. Amen. Learn to imitate the Holy Spirit. Treat the Holy Spirit as a personality, as a person. Learn to relate with the Holy Spirit. What number am I on? Finally, ask God or pray that God will show you his ways. When the fire of the God's presence is with you, it melts away wickedness around you. Like a, a, a flame to a candle, it burns away the weak. Amen. Ask God to show you his ways. Because the ways of the Lord is not a man, like man's ways. His ways are not our ways. Neither his thoughts, our thoughts. As far as the heaven is from the earth, so are his ways from our ways. I pray for you and I pray for myself that this year we'll draw ourselves closer to the presence of God. Stand to your feet.